Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Welcome to episode 17. Zach and Terry back again. Yo. That was encouraging. I like that. Yo. Um, back again. And this week we're going to talk about leadership. We've had some questions and people ask about leading and leadership and stuff. So I thought, eh, let's do that. And Zach's like, let's talk about leadership. Mm-hmm. Sure. Something we both love and are passionate about. Um, people understanding their gift or skills in this. And so, uh, yeah, let's get rolling. A mm-hmm. um, couple of things I, I kind of wanted to set as... Um, well, the, we start with the definition. What is leadership, Terry? Uh, so a few <laughs> things here. You don't know, do you? So leadership is influence. I would call it boils well, it down. Like the proper definition? I want like the Latin where oh, it's derived from. No I clue. Know, like, oh. I don't know. Ship as in like when you ship somebody and leader as in like finding someone that's perfectly shipped to their position of leading. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. making that up. I know you couldn't tell. It just was flowing and it was so natural. I don't know what the Latin or Greek or terms would be, but I think when I look at it mostly, it boils down to influence. Like leadership is influence. Leadership is um, moving somebody or influencing somebody or giving them uh, the power to make change uh, or moving them into a place of change or it's, it's movement. Hmm. It's influence. And when you look at it as influence, we all influence other people, whether it's with an opinion or it's with fact or it's through teaching or serving them or, uh, speaking or even just living life, life beside them, they're influenced by us. So we're all leaders in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, some of us have, so, so yeah, I would say that everybody has a responsibility to understand leadership because as soon as you say leadership a bunch of people tune out they're like i'm not even gonna what's the point i'm not a leader mm-hmm. like i don't have a title or i don't have a role or i'm happy just someone tell me what to do and i'm happy to do it or my spiritual gifts test says i'm not a leader or my spiritual gift test says i'm a servant not a leader right mm-hmm. my gift is service not leading and um and i would say Yes and no, because we all influence other people. Uh, the quiet person that you work beside has an influence on you. They're not your leader. You're right. They may be a coworker or they're a, a classmate or you know your neighbor's not a leader on you, but th- they have influence over you and it will move you and change you um, and, and vice versa. You're going to have influence on them and affect their life and the direction that it goes. Um, so I think there are, there are really clearly people that are placed in charge and people that have gifts that uh, we want to follow. Mm-hmm. And there's people that, oh, well, like if you, I guess, what am I thinking? A ship. If you look at a ship, there is a captain and a steering wheel. And so uh, the captain is clearly in charge and mm-hmm. he has usually, or she has the most experience or the most ability to lead and people will follow them. But no matter what she does, 
she doesn't control the direction. Like if the wind or he or he, right. If the wind is against hmm. the ship, if uh, mechanically there's a failure, if the ocean tides and currents are going against them, like there's a whole bunch of influence on that ship as well. Mm-hmm. The captain's job is to assess all those different influences on that ship and then make sure that uh, the right influences are being channeled to make it go where it needs to go. So we all have to understand that because if we don't, we're not working the same direction as, our, as whoever's leading us or whoever's in the, the one we're following. Um, so if you've tuned out already, please tune back in because we, we, need, we all need to understand something about leadership. Um, so that would be, uh, I, I don't know the definition of it. This is a long answer to your definition question, mm-hmm. but, but what it, it what boils down to is influence. Um, okay. So anyone with influence can be a leader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. That's I like in its simplest form. Yes. I may be in charge of camp, but if I let someone influence me, mm-hmm. they, they have um, they have impacted my leadership there, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. You may be in charge of a group project and then somebody comes from the outside and says, oh, you should do this. And suddenly they're pushing on your project and influencing your leadership. So I guess it can be a leader for good or bad. Oh, yeah. And you know what? There's so many people that I watch and uh, they don't even understand their own influence on other people. Right? We have people... Like, so here's the other thing. Um, we all have influence mm-hmm. and it can be good or bad. Uh, there are some people that are really gifted. And so, especially I think in churches, we focus on, hey, do you have, what, what are your gifts, right? And we want right. to make you, we want to enable you, uh, especially at camp, to function within your gifting. So if you have a special gift of pastoring or teaching or encouragement or leading, or service or giving, man, we want to enable you to be in your gifting. But Jesus exhibited all those gifts in his ministry. He didn't give favor to anyone. So we can look to Jesus uh, regardless of what our gift is, but we should also be practicing all Mm. those gifts at some point in our life. It's all part of what makes us up in the body. Some will have a special gift for it. Others will have a really incredible talent for it. They're just natural leaders. Some people are charismatic. Some people have uh, an ability. Uh, you just want to follow them. You're like, and, and you know who those, those people are. Like you want, and they influence people regardless of whether they're being intentional about it or not. And then I also think there's a skill that is involved with leadership. Leadership is not just uh, a supernatural thing or something that you're born with, but it is something you can learn and develop. And it is a skill set that you can have. I am not naturally gifted with working with my hands, but I, I could, I could develop that skill if I wanted to become, you know, the best person that can crochet or, um, I may never become the best person. It's not a talent I have, 
but I could develop the skill and become a better crochet er crochet person or knitter crocheter crocheter or no crocheter uh, woodworker or whatever it is <laughs> that I I I don't know. Um, so there's skill. I think leadership is a skill that can be learned and developed as well. Yeah. All right. What are you thinking? Huh. I can see the wheels turning. How do you measure a good leader? Uh, what is the measurement of a good leader? Is it the quality of... Uh, so we're not asking about their moral compass. Just saying, how do you measure a good leader? I think you, are, you know. So if you're leading something, you should be able to turn around and see people following you. If nobody's following you, you're not a good leader. So Hitler was a good leader. Unfortunately, he was in a, he had an ability to influence and motivate and move people in hmm. an incredible way. He studied it. He was skilled at it. He knew uh, so a leader the is psychology not of it, the sociology of it. He understood the, right. the, the power of influence. So a leader is not measured by the content of their leadership but rather by the effectiveness of their leadership? Well, he's definitely judged by the content of his leadership. Yes. Right? I, yes, I agree with that. It was, it, was, it was morally wrong. It was flawed. It was, but when you stop and look at him just as a leader, like, wow, this guy should never have been wow, in that effective. position. Well, terribly effective. Yeah. In a terrifying way. Unfortunate. But then okay. on the flip side of that, across the ocean was Winston Churchill, who was an incredible leader as well. And, um, and led in a very different way. He right. wasn't dynamic. He wasn't charismatic. He didn't, it wasn't about slogans. It was about, um, it was a really humble leadership. It was a persevering leadership. Uh, he set an example. And so I think there's what we can look at these different people and say, like, there's different ways to lead. There is no one formula that makes a fantastic leader. They fully believed in themselves. Right. They pushed into their gifts. They had great first followers. Um, and um, they saw when people were following them and when people weren't. And they, and they pushed into that. Mm. If they made a decision and people weren't following, they weren't afraid to evaluate and say, I made a mistake, especially Winston Churchill. What's so amazing and dynamic about his leadership is that when when he went the wrong direction or he made a mistake, he was like, "This didn't work. I made a mistake. You were right not to follow in this direction. So let's try this." And um, I thought that that's really neat. Uh, when I sit down and read some stuff, the people that influenced me the most there would be uh, Max Dupree, who ran. Uh, furniture company in the States <laughs> and they were successful and they took some of their principles and he sat down and wrote about it. And when he wrote about those things, he wrote about being a leader and being a servant leader and what it really means and how to lead without influence and how to lead without power, now, how to lead without power. So how to have influence when you're not in charge. Wait a minute. So you're saying you can lead. When you're not the leader? Yeah, totally. And when you define leadership 
via influence, so how can you leave when you don't have influence? Uh, because we think that to have influence has to be a position or a title. We often think that those are the leaders. You follow your teacher. Or are they not? You follow your professor. You follow your pastor because they've been given a position and a, and a title. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the biggest influencers, the, biggest, the best leaders, <clears throat> aren't the ones with the quote-unquote most influence. Then who is? Uh, the people that one um, I, f- I find are ones that exhibit the way Jesus modeled for us, the servant leaders, I find can be the, the most impactful leaders at camp. The people that lead from their position of service or um, their second or third chair leaders, they're not in the first chair, but they are the first or second or even the third followers. They, sent, they tend to be the best leaders that we can have. Um, people that lead from their strength. They can recognize their weaknesses, but they just invest fully in what they're best at. Do you want some examples? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I just think those are the ones that, that really I, I find dynamic that I've watched over the years. And um, especially at camp, and I'll watch other people follow them, even right. though they're not, they're not the leaders. They're not pastoral team. They're not admin team. They're not given a position. They're not uh, in charge of the play or the waterfront or something else. They're not up front, but man, they have incredible influence and people follow them. I see. Uh, I see it in our churches. And are you, but you saying that those people then should be put into those positions or they're best in not those positions and just leading from within? Yes and no. No, no, no. You can't say both. Why not? It's true though. Sometimes we, we need you you know this we need people that are are living out kingdom servant leadership principles to be a part of the general population yeah in a group that's so vital if you have the gift of if you're living out your gift and you're serving others that leadership is has a ripple effect it goes outwards and it impacts others and it influences them to follow your, your example. And suddenly, even though you're just serving, you've become a servant leader because people are following your service example. So are you, would you classify- But there's other times too where I think I need to get out of the way and let you lead because you're a better leader in this situation than I am. Would you classify these people who are not in the positions as first followers then? Yeah, I think so. First followers or um, what's another term I've heard is second or third chair leaders. I like first follower. Yeah. They take the vision that you've given them as a leader yeah. and then they just, they just give it legs. They, they buy into it and make it work. The best example I've seen and that still stick with me forever. Sure. Was a video on YouTube and I Oh yes, of the it. first follower. Yeah, and it talks about the first follower is more important as sometimes than the leader. And it's this video of people just lounging, picnicking in a park. 
and all of a sudden one dude gets up because there's music playing and one dude gets up and he starts just starts dancing. dancing and he's the only guy dancing out of like 100 people yeah and everyone's just staring at him eventually a second dude runs over and starts dancing as well and then very it's soon the after, the entire crowd follows yeah. and everyone starts dancing and basically the thought is Yes, the first guy started that, and he was the one who like thought of it and started the whole movement. But he's just one dude dancing in the crowd, and he, everyone thinks he's weird until someone else joins him. He's weird until someone joins him, and so that first follower is often as if not more important, or just as important, I guess, as the initial leader. Yeah. But I don't really, like, I guess that's also leadership. It's just different. But I always call that leadership from within, I guess. Yeah. But is that, but then here's like another question is, is that person, are they sometimes someone who would get put into that leadership role, first leader role, or are they always going to be that first follower? So you're a coach. Is it like once, is it like first follower, always a first follower or? I don't know. Like you're a coach and so often, let's say, uh, so we'll put in a hockey term, your best player, is he automatically your best leader? No. But so what happens so often I see is that the best player yeah. becomes our, our leader. That's when, who we make our captain. That's who we make our pastor. That's who we make our CEO. That's who we make the president of our company. Because they seem to have the most skill or talent. Well, that's not but exactly they, relatable, though, because... But they're not always the best leader. They're not the one you want as your but captain. sometimes the only skill or talent is the leader. Like, you're using an example of hockey, which there's... Leadership is a side skill of the actual skill of the game. So, yeah, in a business, for a CEO, some businesses, like, may just need a leader. But you may also happen to be a company that trade stocks and this guy is the most skilled at that at the company and now he's also being put as the leader of the company you mean you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're like, saying but i think we have this model this worldly model that we default to especially in spiritual leadership where if if you pray the most then you must be the best prayer leader <laughs> it's like well don't put them in leadership you're just killing well, like in the a gift. church what is there to be like the most skilled in I don't know. Like, so a church is an organization that needs vision and it needs leadership and it needs direction. And so you take someone who comes out of, out of seminary and loves to study the Bible Uh and maybe can teach the Bible and you make them a pastor and you make them the senior pastor. They have no idea about vision. They have no concept of how an organization runs. Uh They just love the Bible and want to teach it. But now they have ultimate authority on your organization. They don't even understand vision. They, they may not understand leadership beyond having taken a course on that. It's very different. And, and I see it. I see it in every business. You're the best accountant, so you get promoted to manager. You don't know how to manage people. You're just really good with numbers. Right. You're the best sales rep, so now you're the sales manager. But you're really good at sales. Now you have to manage people. Now you have to focus on numbers. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I can't, tra- it doesn't translate to leadership. Right. If we were to stop and say, wow, you're a really good leader. We should put you in leadership. Okay. I get what you're saying. I don't think you answered my question though of, 
is it once a first follower, always a first follower? Maybe. I don't think so. You don't think so? Some no. of them will have a leadership talent or skill that can be developed. But I often think... it's, it's, a secondary, it's a secondary gift to leadership. I think it depends on like age and development of leadership skill. Like if, especially in a young person, they may have just never had a chance to, to try leadership or practice it or develop that skill or natural gift. And so that's like the first chance they get. Yeah. And a young person should try those things. But even it could be in an older person who just never had those opportunities. Right. But as a, so as a young person, I, I just think we default to it so often. Would Someone all, who knows the most ends up being the leader. Would all leaders be good first followers? No, some of them suck at it because they're, they're not able to share um, the spotlight. And so they'll usurp authority because they just think I'm a good leader. But I wouldn't call them a leader then. I wouldn't either, but <laughs> I'm just saying you, you can see, you've I'm seen it. I'm sure you've seen it where people have come in. They're a fantastic first follower, but then they just are, or they're, they're leading something and it's going well. So then when they get somewhere, they just take over everything. Yeah, but I would say a good leader should like, to me, it's like a stepping stone. Like it's like, you're like a good first follower. Yeah. And then like from there, like some of those people can be good leaders, but all those people in the category of good leaders have been, or could be good first followers. Yeah. I think if they're good leaders, yes. Okay. But, um, well, we, I don't think we need to talk. This about goes back to us knowing ourselves. Who are leaders? Like right. there's tons of who are leaders or people who are just thrown into leadership. As we said, yeah. Oh, you're good at X. Therefore you're going to, therefore now you're going to do this. Yeah. And I think what that does and I see it so often in our churches and youth groups and our, in our, in our businesses too, where we just stunt somebody. Mm-hmm. We force them to be around peg in a square hole. Now, sometimes in, I'm going to go back to your hockey thing. Sure. Um, you pick. I'm going to fail because, at this because I don't know hockey, but I can, because we pick, I can understand coaching. We pick three or four leaders. Yeah. One is, I guess, technically the ultimate leader. Right, your C. But anyway, yeah. the thing is, like, sometimes you pick the person. So, yes, it's very common to pick, like, the best players, the best skills players. And sometimes you have coaches who don't do that, and they purposely don't pick those people, and they pick people who would be the best leaders. But oftentimes, the best, most skilled person will get a letter. And it's because there's the, there's the whole concept of leading through action. They may be completely useless as far as leading in the dressing room or in off-ice stuff and leading in that manner, like leading people that way. But they may be the absolute, like, what's the word? I don't know, ultimate example of, like, workhorse, like, works the hardest every game, is like the, please be like that guy on the ice. So then they end up getting a letter and some form of leadership in that way because people you want the coach wants people to to see them and to follow them and to play like them. Make sense? So it's like where okay, so let's take it out of sports now. Where does that fit in to real life? 
Is that not? Like, are you saying that's not relevant? No, I think it, it has its place. Mm-hmm. But I think you also have to give them the freedom to be talented and skilled in what they're doing. So this is where I, I, like we talk about the gift of leadership and the skill of leadership. There are ways that we can in, increase our skill. If you are really talented in something else and you want to be a leader, then increase your skill. There's so many great little books out there that will help you. You don't have to be reading um, Lencioni and, and Maxwell and textbooks right. by Blackburn and Greenwell. Like the Bible, if you just go through and, and watch in the Bible and read through the Gospels and watch Jesus as a leader, just change your perspective when you go through it. And just to watch as the as a leader, when you sit down with your church, as, assess and evaluate what are the leaders around me doing. Who do I want to model my life after? So you've said that leadership, a good leader, is both a skill and a talent, or a gift, I should say. Yeah, talent. There are if you're talented leaders not for sure given that gift, can you not be a good leader? You used the double negative and it messed me up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so if you yeah, have I'll the order, gift, it's cause if, it, it's cause if you don't have the gift of leadership, are you, can you be a, a good leader? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. You can so be a good leader. The double negative was hoping to bait you into saying no. But Yeah, I know. Um, you really messed me up there, and it was really fun. Okay, so you can be a good leader. You can be. Even if you're not given the natural gift of leadership. Right. Right, so if you're it's sitting there thinking, something I you can have never achieve. measured this gift of leadership on my spiritual gifts test, or I thought I had this yeah. my whole life, that doesn't mean you can't be a leader. Right. Right. So you will be a leader. I guess, essentially, why you have these so many businesses, sports teams, et cetera, pick people who are maybe their most skilled and hopes that they just can train the person to be a good leader. Right. And it's not possible. Not always a good idea. Not always a good possible. idea. And they're going to have influence. But it does happen. I've seen it happen. It does happen. happen where you can. And, and we have had fantastic leaders at camp that that was not their primary gift at all. Right. And we tried to we spend time trying to build the skill of leadership. Are there different types of them. leaders? Yeah. And I think we all lead in differently. Like, like, are there like labels? Are there proper labels? For I them? don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's proper labels. Like the only one I know of would be like a servant leader, but I don't really know if that's like actually a technical subcategory of leader as a type of. It's a, it's a real focus. It's more of like a way of leadership. It's a way of leadership that everyone should do at some point. All leaders should have. So it's there. amazing because like businesses and universities are studying leadership. There's more and more leadership programs in these, in, yeah. in universities. And it's like, they're studying and they're coming out with this revelation that servant leadership <laughs> is the most effective form of leadership. Like, well, yeah, Jesus said that. Well, I think he did it more than he said it, but yeah. Well, he says to the, the, the disciples at one point, he's like, you know how the world lords it over you and how people lead, and I need you to lead differently. Mm. You're going to lead differently. The first will be last, and 
And if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you need to become the least and you need to serve the people around you and focus on, on that. And so what is a servant leader? How do they, how does it look different than other leaders? Because, because as a servant leader, your focus is, is others. It's you are other focused. Wasn't that just a leader? No. Often leaders in our world view is how do I get ahead? Can you be a good leader and not a servant leader? Be a good leader and not a servant leader. I don't think you will last. What I see is I see these people with these, these incredible church leaders, Christian leaders with these remarkable moral failings right now. And what happens is they start off really other focused servant leaders in church or ministry or um, business. Right. And then something shifts and they become leaders. Like just, they drop the servant part. They're just leaders. They're just leading an organization. They're teaching their, their leadership snowballs on them. And they, they're just trying to stay ahead of that snowball Hmm. as it comes down the mountain. And then something happens and you're like, wow, they really, they really blew it. Because over time, when you start out as a servant leader, you have all this accountability. You're like, you're just humble. You're like, I, I'm not doing this on my own. I, I don't know how. I'm focused on you. I'm focused on the people we're leading. I'm focused. And then something shifts and it's like, and you can see it. And you look back at these leaders that have had this failing recently where suddenly they become the leader and they become the point. And they, the humility of it just drops away. They don't have the accountability. They don't have the, the people around them speaking to it. They're not sharing. They're not willing to take that first follower position anymore. Mm. They have to be the leader. Right. And then something breaks in their system and they're like, oh, shoot. So what are some signs that you're not doing servant leadership and you're just trying to be a leader? You depend on your talent or your skill rather than on um, grace and humility. I think that would be a real big one. Mm. Uh, It's a really easy one, especially if you're gifted. And you have some skill in it. So I have a gift of leadership and I've studied leadership. It's really easy to just run on what I know. Right. To not actually be accountable. I'm not talking to other people and trying to grow what I know. Right. Looking for where am I failing in, in my leadership or my gifts and skills? Where are my lackings? So I talked about it last week about knowing myself where I went into a situation where I like not as good as her, better than him. Like I've, I'm totally relying on what I can and can't right. do and putting myself on a scale. Okay. Well, all those points do take a certain level of like self-assessment that maybe if you're stubborn at the time, we'll not be able to do. No. Is there any external, like, I guess if the decisions you're making, like you said earlier, if your decisions are for you and, and the people at the top versus for the people of the camp company, team whatever it is community and that would be an example right like the decisions should be for the decisions you make as a leader the changes you implement the things you do should be for the betterment of the people and not for the organization sometimes just to do funds for the organization i think think it's both right because but not for yourself yeah you often don't make the decisions on yourself I think does a servant leader have to put the organization before the people sometimes? Yeah, you would because you're serving Sheesh. the organization first, right? And so, so 
there'll be times where there's decisions made and you're like, this just sucks. I think Even this at is a church, but I think it's we've seen confusing. that at a church where they've made just decisions people and people are, the are mad though at the church. Right. I know, but, <laughs> but you're making, you're making a decision that's going to be best for them. It's painful today, but it's best in five years. Right. Right. What happens is a church doesn't make that painful decision. Yes. Because everybody's happy right now. Like we're not going to rock the don't boat. Don't want to make waves. Don't want to make waves. We, and so we just continue to drift instead of making that hard steering correction. You have to make those decisions for an organization. And as a leader, you're going to make decisions. You're like, camp has decided we're, we need a new building. It's, it's yeah. pretty much beyond us. It's beyond us financially. And it's something we've never done. And it's really, it, it can seem really selfish, right? Mm-hmm. And put all this money into, into landscaping and developing. And yet, I can see that if we continue on the course we're on, maybe not my generation or your generation, but we're not going to last. Yeah. Something has to happen here. And it could be a total failure. Well, if I'm afraid of taking that risk because of my own leadership, I'm not making the best decision for, for the people around me or the organization I'm trying to lead. Right. And that's what happens in a lot of Christian organizations, but many businesses where we just, we're going to stay the course and you see them fail because they're no longer like, I think, so a servant leadership, another great thing about it is I'm a servant. Like I can take risk. <laughs> hmm. And, uh, and I, I think that's really important to know when you need to do that. And that went all over the place. It was really fun. I think too, I, I think as, as a servant leader in an organization or with people, it's okay to get to the point where you say, I don't know. Maybe there's a better leader for this role. Right. Someone who has the experience or, or the risk assessment or, um, better influence or, or, you know what I mean? Like can make a greater impact and I can step aside because I am, again, a servant leader. It's not about me. It's what's best for you and the organization and the people we're leading. And that doesn't happen always. Yeah. How many hockey or CEOs step aside just because it's best for the, the people around them. And, and I think we're really Mm -hmm. called to do something different. Our, our pride, our ego gets in the way. Right. I want to be the leader. And if you have a gift and a talent, you need to develop that. You need to look for places where you can lead. Um, and you need to look, like for me, I got to a point in my life where I was very clearly informed by God and others, I needed to sit in the sideline. You need to be in the waiting room. You're not leading. And man, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. But it's so important. It's so valuable. Um, and like I look at Frank Reich, who's a coach in the NFL, and spent his entire career, most of his career as a, as a backup quarterback. Yeah. And he's a fantastic coach and leader now because he spent years just watching and learning. And being on the sideline, we hate being on the sidelines. We want to do, we want to be, we want to be in the action. And anyways. 
Okay. That was a good discussion. That was Is crazy. There else you wanted to add that you had written down? I tried, no. I tried to ask questions that got to most of it, but. <laughs> no, I think that, that if we hold these sacred principles of servant leadership, it will translate to a secular world. Right. Um, but it's going to seem countercultural to a lot of the people we, we interact with in the secular world. Yeah. I mean, you're starting to see more companies do it, like just spending oodles of money and, and resources on their employees and yeah. employee satisfaction goes through the roof and the business success goes through the roof. So, Yeah, and it's long game. It's not short game. Yeah. It's not like our profit margin this year trumps everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that was great. Uh, Are you going to put that first follower video up? I can post it on the Discord, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything fun. I'm still watching the Marvel series. We're on Black Panther next. We just finished Doctor Strange. Oh, fantastic. Here's a question for you. Okay. Or anyone out there who's watched these movies. Okay. Um, and I don't remember this being a thing, but I think my sister was asking me the other day. So in Captain America, the first one, the very first movie, the whole thing. At the end, I think it's like Howard or whatever gets the Tesseract. Find it in the ice or whatever, right? Is that correct? Is that what happens? I don't remember. Well, because the, they get, um, what's yeah. his nuts? Rogers is, is, in his, is in the ice. Is frozen and in a plane. And they also find the Tesseract, no? Okay. Pretty I think sure. so. Yeah. But then in the next movie, which is in chronological order, is Captain Marvel. It's just suddenly in space. I thought when we have the Avengers, they're doing experiments on it. Well, they are. And that's Loki shows up and steals it, right? Yeah, but this is what I'm saying is Captain Marvel, it's in that movie. Oh, that doesn't make sense. I know. I may need to Google it, but that's what I don't remember it. I, she just asked me this and. Yeah. And, and then two, like the red skull ends up protecting one of the stones yeah like i'm pretty sure she looked it up and they said online that it's kind of just assumed that basically stark like howard stark or whoever shield lent it out to captain marvel oh or whoever know. the people are that have it i can't remember that doesn't now. make sense it makes no sense to me but i'm pretty sure it's in space with the, some dude in captain marvel i can't remember i need to go back and check and google it but if anyone has the answer. I didn't see Captain Nick, Marvel. I don't know. Someone um, out there. Oh, you didn't? No. So both my, my girls sister did. and my wife I could ask really them. liked it. Yeah. They thought it was really good. And I said, okay, maybe as a standalone movie, I think it was decent. As part of the whole series, I did not like it. Oh. Uh, anyway. Why don't you ask your girls? I'll see if Nick answers someone else <laughs> who knows Marvel. And we'll find out. That'd be super. We have talked a long time. I also am going to have to edit this more than the last few. So. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should say goodbye. <laughs> Probably. Thanks, everybody. We, uh, we're really glad you're uh, along with this journey, and we love having you. And if you have questions or thoughts on this, please yeah, hit us up in Discord or send us a, a message. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.